Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whenever you are, welcome to Two Men with a Mic. Good evening. Stand back and I'll blow the lock. <laughs> that was terrible. I'm saying good evening. Good evening. Welcome, welcome. But I wanted it to sound like Sean Connery and you only live twice. Because there's oh. like a classic James Bond moment where he's broken into the enemy base and there are these dudes in a cell and he's going to free them from the cell. So he like peeks into the cell and they they see him for the first time. And he's as if he was at a dinner party. He's like, good evening. <laughs> like, I, don't like I can't even approach it. He's like, good evening. Stand back and I'll blow them off. But it's like pure slave and devoner. <laughs> okay. So how are you doing? I'm sorry. I, I just, yeah, I, I, I'm stuck in James Bond. I can't escape it. I don't know why. That's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. It's a Saturday night. And, you know, here we are recording our podcast. So we, uh, we have recovered somewhat from the technical difficulties from our last episode. So we, uh, Mike had to go computerized. So we're not too sure why it's not working on his phone, but at least we're up and running to make the podcast. So, it is a workaround. Yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, a lot of fun stuff, been a busy week and, um, you know, a lot of good, good things happening and a lot of scary things happening and, and, uh, just, you know, very eventful. But, um, you know, before we get into that, uh, you know, how, how are you to go doing this week? Fine week, Mr. Mike. Um, well, I just finished 48 hours with my son, so I'm super happy. Although. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. But I, I'm just, I won't dwell on it, but when I have to take him back to my ex-wife, it is not a happy moment for my son or for me. He really never wants to leave this place. Yeah. And uh, so it's kind of, yeah, it's, that part's hard, but, but it was great. Gallon is, my son is wonderful and he's just growing in leaps and bounds and developing in all kinds of ways and just really emerging as a unique and special personality um yeah dude he's on fire for like personality awakening (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's really dialed in these days which i guess is like the standard um progress for a kid you know yeah Um, but he's it's like he's waking up like more yeah well it's it's cool when they're young because you know when they're first born and they're babies you know and up until you know, whatever, 10, 15, I don't know, somewhere, they grow and develop so fast, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, they, they're, they're, if you think about it, they go from like 18 inches to, you know, whatever, you know, 60 inches, yeah, 66 inches. So they're, they're literally expanding expanding and just their mind their eyes or you know everything is just they're taking all this stuff in and they evolve so fast and then you turn around and it's like what the hell happened yeah i'm seeing it dude i've never been a parent before and he's my only child and i've always heard that about kids but now i'm seeing it you know up front and up close and personal you know and it's amazing it's just amazing he's on fire right now dude he's he's just glorious i i love him so much so i've been having a good time because i i i was with my boy that's cool how about you sir oh well it's been 
it's been very interesting. Been been a struggle. Still dealing with Jen stuff. Um, she's home uh, from the intensive care unit, and you know we 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 had I think three, four, five maybe doctor visits last week. Oh my gosh. Um, you know that sort of thing, and you know had to get in into arguments with doctors and you know challenge them on their stuff and you know get pissed off at people on the phone and you know you you really you know even though you you know they're supposed to do stuff for you what i'm learning through all this is you really have to push your stuff through right because to them you're a number right you're a you're a case number you're a file number whatever but if you don't press the issues and you don't ask the hard questions and just because they're a doctor doesn't mean you can't ask questions then then things don't happen things don't get answered things don't get addressed and and you know it it was that was that kind of week where where you know you know i had a doctor in there and and you know i'm i'm flat out how do you know that you know, was my question, you know, or or what are you going to, you know, that sort of thing, you know, where you're, where you're looking at them and, and, you know, asking the questions. And if we hadn't, so they put that stupid, not, it's not stupid, but they, they, they implanted that uh, recorder in her chest, right? So it it monitors her heart. And then every night when she lays down, there's a, it transmits whatever, it, re- it, it it did to a little like cell phone by the bed, right? And then that cell phone is supposed to call out and download the data to the to the doctors, right? Makes sense. Good plan. So she um, when we went and saw the doctors, they're like, oh yeah, everything's fine. And and we're like, well, you know, and I said, well, how do you know? And and you know, I said, are you getting debt? Because we know it's not fine. We're here every day. Yeah. You know, so so we know the shit ain't fine. And the doctor's like, yeah, everything's fine. And, you know, I, I, I was like, what do you mean it's fine? And he's like, well, if it wasn't fine, we would get a report from her loop recorder. And and I'm, I, I'm all like, how do you even know the thing's working? Well, if there was a problem, then it would tell us. And I'm gonna, And I was like, we know there's a problem because we're living it every day. So you should be notified. Anyways, make a long story short, a couple of rounds and conversations like that. It turned out that the cell phone was on a, a, you know, had a had a chip in it, you know, not that one that doesn't work up here. So it was it never transmitted for the last two weeks. It never transmitted any data. Oh, no. And nobody from the hospital called us. We called the manufacturer. I mean, we were calling the manufacturer. What the hell? You know, all this and they, were, and they were like, hey, look, we notified the hospital that there was no transmission. They should have called you guys. So somebody at the damn hospital, you know, just ignored the alerts that said it's not transmitting and, and should have called us and said, hey, that cell phone's not working up there. And so we worked with the manufacturer. We figured out what the issue was. We have to drive it down the hill. You know. So it can get a cell phone signal and upload the information every day now. Oh, dude. But, but, but the hospital never called us and said anything. That's so lame. Yeah. So, 
you know, it was very frustrating. And, and, and so of course, when she was going to the cardiologist and, and then the, thisologist and the thatologist and whatever else is, um, you know, they're all like, well, you know, you obviously haven't had any episodes or we would be notified. And it's like, no dude or chick or whoever the hell you are. Um, <laughs> there were incidents, there were episodes, we know it. And then, you know, and, and, you know, so it was just really when I was talking to my mom about it, you know, she was saying, you know, yeah, it's really sad that they rely on the technology more than they do the patient, mm-hmm. you know, because we're sitting there telling them she's not feeling right, you know, and yeah. uh, and and they're like, oh, well, you know, if you really had any problems, the computer would have told us, you know, and it's like, well, you're assuming the computer's plugged in. So anyway, well, it was that, real so bad. now that they got some data, did they find anything? Yeah, there was all kinds of incidents, but uh, they only got it Friday, you know, sometime on Friday after we figured it out. So we'll probably get some some information and stuff, you know, Monday or Tuesday. I'm sure we'll get some phone calls now. Oh, okay. But but had we have not my point to everyone out there is don't let the doctors and the nurses and the whatever's push you around. You know, if you know there's something wrong, you need to, to press the issue because had we have listened to the doctors, no one ever told us it wasn't working, that it wasn't transmitting. Yeah. You know, and we had to press the issue. So yeah, it was, it was very stressful. Very Jen was, was, you know, really upset. Um, it was, it was very frustrating. So, um, you know, just word to the wise, you know, don't let the doctors push you to the side, continue, you know, if, if, if you're sick, if you don't feel right, press the issue, you know, um, it's very important. We, we kind of had the same problem with Amber. Amber spent a week in the hospital and at the end of it, they were like, basically you know saying she was all in her head and then you know we took her home and we took her to a different doctor and he found the problem and fixed it uh, and uh, it, it it took a surgery but you know there's other doctors and stuff like that so yeah it was a very uh frustrating and um challenging week but you know jen's doing okay she um you know, is taking it day by day and we haven't got the issue fixed. You know, we're just, you know, being careful with her and, you know, we just take it day by day. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, glad you're going to get more information next week, but yeah, the medical system is extra screwed and yeah. there, there seems to be more um, indifference in it than I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah. I've heard that they don't take the, Hippocratic oath anymore, which is where you basically swear used to be a part of becoming a doctor and you basically swear to put your patient's life ahead of your own and, and really serve them and stuff. And they, they stopped doing that. (laughs) So (laughs) I think it's starting to show. Yeah. Um, And I I don't want to like, well, we both wanted to mention Tony shout out to Tony. Yeah. Tony, the punk rocker, Tony, the recovered punk rocker. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah. you know, his, his wife, um, has been, uh, 
suffering. I don't, again, I don't want to go into like too many details, but I will say it's a story maybe for Tony to tell. Maybe we'll, uh, we keep asking him to be on the show, but it's just been so rough for him that it hasn't been a, a good time for it. But uh, I can tell you that um, his medical team totally screwed up like uh, with his, his wife and um, it's going to be a malpractice suit, dude. Um, it, it's like that bad. And it was the same thing as you where they're, they're just schleffing him off and he's having to like be on the phone and pin him down and you know, all that stuff, but they really made a terrible mistake. And then I am very sorry to say that um, his wife did pass away. Um, yeah. Yeah. So definitely, um, you know, Mike and I have been texting with Tony and, you know, talking to him now, you know, like that and stuff. And it was kind of cool last night, the three of us were all texting together and, and stuff. So, you know, um, if, if anybody wants, you know, you can, you can track down Tony, I, I think by our, um, Facebook, uh, a page or something like that, we'll figure out a way, but if you, you know, want to reach out, um, to uh tony and you know say something or anything like that i'm sure he would love to hear you know some positive stuff he's going through a tough time and you know we there's no words to say what tony's going through right now um just you know everybody letting him know that he's loved that he matters and you know that we all care about him is is really all we can do for him right He, he he you know he's just let him know he's not alone and, and that, you know, we're all here for you, Tony. And, you know, anytime you need anything, well, I, I know, you know, you can reach out to Mike and I. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just a, a shout out to Tony and. Send him know. a little prayer and, or some yeah. things and send some prayers and blessings to the eternal soul of his wife. Who's now on to other things. Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? Are we doing Amber's thing? Yeah. Yeah. So did you ch oh, check your email? I emailed you the script. Yeah, I got it. Okay. So we just each have to read our parts and she'll ask the questions. And, you know, I, I, I think we just need to cut sound. I was listening to their accents and I think if we just kind of talk with a lisp, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll uh, be good enough. Sure, but... So we'll just both talk with lisps. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, that's um, funny. Yeah. Now we you know, we can ad lib a little bit, but she does have time constraints and she has certain points she has to do for the assignment. Yeah. So so, you know, as long as we we, we hit the points in our in our individual parts, we're fine. But if you um ad lib it a little bit or adjust the language a little bit, that's fine. You know, I mean we just have to hit the main points. Okay. But 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 we do have to hit the points, um, you know, like because she's required to do certain things. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, I mean, I was just messing around with a little bit, and uh, it's like I think I'll just kind of talk with a lift or something. Okay, I'm gonna do the same thing. I think that will be funny. Yeah. So. Um, By the way, I understand now why Ava was a success. Because I did listen to those guys and I was just thinking like, oh, my God, I can't do that accent. Like, I can't. And um, but then also I kind of learned about them a bit. And, dude, you had two statuesque Swedish chicks who were <laughs> in spandex. Well, wait, 
Yeah, they they. Uh... <laughs> That's it, dude. If you look at their performances, there's these two <laughs> goddesses in spandex shaking their asses at you, and it's like, <laughs> I love this band. <laughs> I'm, that's totally it, man. <laughs> I want an ABBA poster if they're going to be in it, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you watch any more of that where it's like, you know, now, so it's like 40 years later and they're, they're not, not, not quite as hot anymore. Oh, I, I actually, I, I just pulled up a different one. I didn't look at that link that you sent me. Oh, cause no, it was on my phone and I get charged for data. So I just, Oh. I just went to YouTube and I typed in like ABBA and, and watched a couple of things from them. But yeah, dude, Swedish chicks in spandex. That's the story. of <laughs> That's this, that's how you make your rock band uh, a hit. Totally, dude. No one would put up with no doubt the band if it weren't for the fact that the lead singer's so damn hot. <laughs> no you like doubt. Songs? No. But do you like her on stage? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I remember one time she was on Saturday Night Live, Gwen Stefani, and wearing tight things, and she just started, like, moving back and forth slowly, and it was like nothing. It wasn't even like a dance step. It was just swaying her body, and it was like, oh, my God. <laughs> she's she's uh, married to, I think she's married to Blake Shelton now. She's also a devil worshiper, but I'll leave it alone. Um, but, uh, oh, did she marry someone else? Because she was married to that dude from Bush for a while. Oh, uh, yeah. I, think I know they got a divorce, though. Yeah, I think she's with Blake Shelton now. By the way, I was never a giant Bush fan, but there's a couple of radio songs that I don't mind, like, if they pop up. Um, yeah. But I heard they had a new album, but, like, I didn't hear anything off that album. Did, did you? <laughs> did, no. Did but, that... hey, you know what? You know what's interesting about the ABBA when I was when I was researching them, they're doing a return concert kind oh, really? of thing, and they wrote a whole album. I think this already happened, but it's really cool. They did their whole because they're old now, right? Yeah. So and 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 like you said, no one's gonna want to really see them. So what they did was they went and did the concert, but they did them all like on a green screen and with all those dots. Uh -huh. And then they turned them into avatars and made them look like they used to look. Oh. And so it's them in these, you know, avatars. It's them really singing, right? It's just the computer generated a better version of them. With spandex? With spandex. Good. And, <laughs> <laughs> and they um, basically, I, 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 don't, I don't know if it's already out or not and people can you know look for it but they made a whole like return album and stuff with them now you know singing so it's their current voices and everything but the the concert or whatever is with these computer generated avatars so they look like you said hot in, in their spandex oh what a trip i just googled that, that isn't is that cool trip, dude yeah they it's weird they're, um, I don't know, there's a dark side to all this technology, but that is weird. It's kind of a sad commentary, though, on society, too, don't you think? Like, but I'm guilty. Like, I don't want to see the old ABBA lady. <laughs> no, I would rather see, like, a computer-generated spandex chick. <laughs> so, uh, 
tonight's episode, or I shouldn't say tonight's episode, but this episode, it, well, so things are a little bit different. So first off, it's not Sunday morning, it's Saturday night. So we're on Mike's time. So oh, wait, are we in the Mike. show now? <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello. Oh, wait a minute, wait, okay. <laughs> so um yeah it's it's saturday night because um we're going to be doing a uh, special podcast tonight's podcast a little bit different you guys are gonna all join us while we help amber with one of her class assignments for uc davis so we're all going to go to college at uc davis and do an assignment. Pretty yeah. cool, right? We're 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 going global with Amber's class. Dude, I was already there for the big Antifa rally. <laughs> I just saw that on the news at Davis. It was there an Antifa rally there? I don't know. Uh, okay. <laughs> but but what we're going to do is Amber has an assignment or this is a real assignment in her in her class where um she has to create a podcast. Imagine that. <laughs> so it's right up our, our, our wheelhouse. Um, an eight-minute podcast uh, to turn in for, for her class on, on ABBA. And that's why we were, we were just talking about ABBA and, and, and all that. And I don't even know if I'm saying it right because it's not a real word, by the way. But we'll get into that. Or ABBA. Yeah. I don't know what it is, ABBA, yeah. ABBA. Yeah. So actually, um, we should probably repeat all that because the minute you said ABBA, I think probably the whole audience was laughing in hysterics. <laughs> so we should come back and like fill in the information they might have missed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you know, I noticed this thing in ABBA, young ABBA, it was Swedish girls in spandex. <laughs> so probably but, no, no one was listening to the music. It didn't matter. Yeah, we, we have we have to also make sure that they're not getting them confused with the candy called Abba Zabba. Is there a candy called Abba Zabba? Yeah, remember those Abba Zabbas? They were like a candy bar, but it was like caramel. It was like taffy. Hmm. It was a taffy. Oh, thing. I knew. Those were kind of good. I remember that. Yeah. They were called Abba Zabba. Abba so, Zabba. Yeah. So I, I get that confused with Abba. All right. So, so one yeah. One candy the, bar and one Swedish model in spandex. <laughs> And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what we have to do here is Mike and I get to play the two male band members. Because and who do not look good in spandex. Who do not look good in spandex. Yeah. So Amber is going to interview us for her, for her assignment. Uh, she has questions. And she's going to interview us. We're going to answer her questions. And um, then she's going to turn it into a podcast and turn it in for her class assignment. So this episode is all about us making a podcast for Amber's UC Davis class. And uh, you guys get to join and hang out for the process as we go through and, and, and try and do this. This is a big behind the scenes episode. Yeah, it's a behind the scenes. Just remember there are Swedish girls in spandex. Right around the, right around the corner. Right around the corner. <laughs> Who should be in spandex. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm sorry. I was asked to like do this. I don't know anything about ABBA. And then like I pulled them up and it was all spandex. And it was like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> those girls are gorgeous. Well, at least when they were young, they were very beautiful. <laughs> so what do you want from Swedish girls? Right. Well, it's that they would wear spandex. And then we have a candy bar. But I'll yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey there, Amber here. Are you in dire need of trying to reach Mitch and Mike? Or maybe just want to be a part of the show? Well, it's easy. You could log on to twomenwithamike.com. That's the number two. And go to the About section, where you'll find all the ways to contact Mitch and Mike. Or you can email them at the number twomenwithamike at gmail.com. Or, at the bottom of any episode on Spotify, you can hit the leave a message link or write a comment. Oh my. And if you ever forget how to do any of these... Well, hopefully you don't. Amber, monoma mia, finalized script. Okay. So you can hear me, right, Mike? Yeah, I can. Okay. So I can skip over her part, scroll down to my part. So I was just going to talk like this. Okay, me too. (laughs) That solves the problem. I just did the worst British accent in the world trying to do that Sean Connery thing. Are you there, Amber? Yes, I am here. Oh, there you are. I'm alive. How's it going? I thought I was wondering if you'd be able to get a line out since like you're under siege by Antifa right now, aren't you? (laughs) Are they building down? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm literally trying to figure out how to jump out of my window right now. Okay. Uh, I think there's a bike that I could land on probably. Well, you know what? If there's an awning, it might break. <laughs> yeah, just, oh, well, they, they heard about Mike and they got rid of all those. <laughs> what is, is, is Antifa there today? Um, I don't think so. Or were they there? I just saw something on the news, but I didn't pay attention to it. But it was Antifa at Davis, so I thought of you. I, I'm not sure. You didn't but, see anybody out there trying to burn anything down? No. I did hear a clown horn earlier, but... <laughs> oh, that's them. <laughs> you always know they're coming by the clown horn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's interesting. All of our windows, uh, they, like, you can only open them up to a certain extent, and, like, okay. it stops... Yeah, I think they did that because of suicide, actually. Yeah, but did. I remember yeah. when I was in college, it was the same thing. They had all like these suicide prevention things everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of college, so we're here to go to college and 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 do an assignment for Amber. So uh, Amber, are are we ready to try? So this is going to be our first take. I'm so scared. I, I've yeah. been listening to Mama Mia music to get me into the groove. <laughs> well, you just you just had a drama class, so you should be like primed. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. Well, so Mike and I are going to talk with a lisp. 
so um, we can oh, be sweeter. <laughs> so let's 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 go ahead and 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 go with our first take here. Let's see what happens. Wait, wait, wait. Before we start, should I explain like what we were supposed to do? We already did. Oh, all right. You guys are ahead of the game. Yeah. So you're the director producer now. We just follow your lead. Yep. <laughs> yes. You're the boss. All right. And so basically, like, whenever it comes up to a part about the song, I'm just going to kind of, like, take a brief second pause. But, like, then I'll just start talking again. Um, just so that way we can insert the song there, I was thinking. Um, okay. And then... Yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's pretty much it. There is some parts like like the claps. Uh, I just thought we could all clap, you know, like the part where I end stuff. Oh, we get to do our own sound effects too. Hold on, I got to adjust myself. Wait, wait, um, like right after my first like chunk of speech that I say, trick, and it says claps, um, and that's basically. Um, because I've introduced you guys, so you guys would be coming in on set, and so we're just gonna do like a, like a welcoming clap type of. Yes. Uno plazo, uno plazo. I was just thinking, Mike could just, just shout out. You know, where's the where's the chicks in spandex? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Because you dragged me into the world of ABBA, I, I looked them up, and then it was like, what's the explanation for the success of this band? <laughs> ABBA's and, the bomb. Huh? ABBA's the bomb. Are they the bomb musically? I, I love them. Yeah, they have such great music. Okay. There you have it. Yes. And Mike, were you able to get the script? Yes, I've got it right in front of me. Cool. This is so fun. <laughs> yeah. You're the director and the producer. All right. So I guess I'll do like a clap thing for like take one. <laughs> okay. All right. Do you guys feel good? You ready? Well, that's just rock and roll, baby. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Mia, script, take one. Welcome back to the pod, everyone. I'm your host, Amber, and today we are going to be getting down to the nitty gritty on one of my absolute favorite music, Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia is a jukebox musical that was first performed in 1999 and later turned into a film that premiered in 2008, which was directed by Felidia Lloyd. The musical is based off of a, a music... Ah, we gotta start over. Just, yeah, no. Well, uh, actually, just, he just, can edit it, and you can yeah. just get up from there. Just start with, uh, go back to uh, the musical part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you think I'm talking too fast? I do yeah, that when I'm could, nervous. You could, you could slow down and maybe a little. All right, all right. I'm just gonna start over. I think. <laughs> okay. All right, Mama Mia, take two. Welcome back to the pod, everyone. I'm your host, Amber. And we are going to be getting down to the nitty gritty on one of my absolute favorite musicals, Mamma Mia. So Mamma Mia is a jukebox musical that was first performed in 1999 
and later turned into a film that premiered in 2008, which was directed by Felidia Lloyd. The musical is based off of the music of a Swedish Europop band called ABBA, who dominated the 70s and has songs that are still so popular today. The film features an all-star cast, including Meryl Streep, Amanda Seyfried, Pierce Bronson, Colin Firth, and Stellan Skarsgård, to name a few. Sophie, a young woman who is about to get married and wants to find out who her father is. After discovering her mother Donna's old diary, she invites three potential fathers to her wedding on a Greek island without telling her mother. For those who haven't seen the musical, I'm sure this sounds like a recipe for disaster. But actually, the message is a celebration of love, family, and friendship with a strong emphasis on female empowerment. The themes of acceptance and forgiveness are explored throughout, culminating in a heartwarming finale with each of the three guys becoming one third of Sophie's dad. Ends up marrying one of the three guys, Sam Carmichael, who we will hear more about later, and Sophie postpones her with her fiance instead. I thought today it would be great to talk to two of ABBA's very own band members and the songwriting geniuses Bjorn Albies and Benny Anderson about the beloved musical Mamma Mia and how this musical uses their catchy and diverse music featuring intricate vocal layering and a variety of genres to create a joyous and emotionally resonant soundtrack that drives the story's energetic tone and conveys the wide range of emotions experienced by its characters. Despite mixed reviews, I think the film's infectious music has made it a cultural phenomenon, inspiring sequels and a successful Broadway musical, and showcases the enduring appeal of timeless music. So, without further ado, let's give a Mr. Anderson and Mr. Ulvis. Hello, hello, and welcome. We are thrilled to have you guys on the pod. Thank you. Thank you. We're, We're excited to be here. It is such an honor and privilege to be sitting with you two today. And I can't lie, I'm a huge fan. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I kind of wanted to talk to you guys today about your band, ABBA, and the music you guys created and how it was intertwined into such an vivid story on stage and screen. So ABBA was the two of you met in the late 1960s. And then you guys began writing songs together. Can you talk about what drew you to each other musically and how you developed your songwriting partnership over the years? Well, you know, we first met in, in I think, like June 1966 and quickly discovered, you know, we had a shared love for music. And... Um... <laughs> <laughs> How how do you say this dude's name? <laughs> Bjorn? Yeah. Bjorn. Bjorn. Okay. Bjorn. All right. And Mike, you know, you're fine to, to interrupt me anytime, buddy. So okay. you know, don't don't you worry. Um all right. I'm gonna try that again. Um, I think. Um, but so uh, 
Bjorn, right? Well, however it comes out. Okay, that's yeah. his name going forward. Okay. Um, okay. All right, take, what is this, three? Take three? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Okay, here we go. Uh, well, I can take it from his name. Uh, discovered we had a shared left. Okay. Uh, so Bjorn. <laughs> wait, wait. Bjorn was a man. Oh, okay. Here we go. All right. Um, okay. So Bjorn was. Oh, wait. Let me let me talk now. Ready? <laughs> here we go. Okay. So Bjorn was a member of the Hoot Nanny Singers, a, a, a popular folk music group, which. The name just blows me away, but okay. Um, and and I was playing keyboard for uh, the uh, uh, in Sweden's biggest pop group from the 1960s, the Hep Stars, and and you know we just began collaborating on songs. <laughs> <laughs> we started making songs. <laughs> I think I was supposed to say songs. Okay, there we go. <laughs> So, so we began. So we began collaborating on songs. Uh, just a few weeks. Uh, are you laughing, Amber? Yeah. <laughs> no one laughs at Abba. Yes. What is wrong with you, child? <laughs> so funny. Oh, okay, I'm good. I'm okay. good. Yeah. Quiet. It. Quiet on the set. <laughs> Okay, I'm good. I'm good. You sure? You got know. Okay. All right. So I don't know how much of this you laughed through already. So, um, um, okay. Well, we'll figure it out. So, uh, let's see. Okay. So, uh, we began collaborating on songs, uh, just a few weeks after we first met, you know, and then over the years, we developed our songwriting partnership by working closely, you know, and, and constantly pushing each other. <laughs> oh, okay, let's try that again. Okay, so uh, over the years, you know, we, we just constantly pushed each other and, and our inspirations came from a wide range of musical genres, you know, incorporating elements of pop and rock and disco. Yeah, 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 yeah. As time went on, we began to incorporate more complex musical arrangements into our songs. <laughs> <laughs> Start from the beginning. As time went on, we began to incorporate more complex musical arrangements in our songs using a variety of instruments and production techniques to create an iconic sound. We worked closely with our manager, Stig Anderson, who contributed lyrics to many of ABBA's biggest hits. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that was like 1969-ish, but, you know, we 
we met and and the and the two other halves of of abba you know that would be agatha and um um annie you know anyway whatever their names are um um they they also you know became our wives and you know it's just like it was an amazing mixture of of you were supposed to come in and say something mike i think that's where it says you interrupt me yeah now Uh, (laughs) ex-wives let's try that again Uh, i'm sorry you know who's texting me is tony oh okay well we can take a pause for tony oh it's sort of funny Oh, well, like we should stick to the show. Where am I? Um, oh, yeah, you, you just finished. Well, I, well, I'll still, we'll start over there where it says Benny in 1960-ish. Right, yeah. That right there, because you're going to interrupt me. Okay. See where it says, you. I don't know what your name is. Your name is Univalve or something. <laughs> Yo, please. Yo, please. Oh, okay. So it says you interrupt me. So you interrupt me when um, who when I say became our wives and then you're going to say now ex-wives so you can kind of go on your you know ex-wife rant well I, I, i'm lost i i'm sorry i got okay let's see did you do in 1969 no that's where i'm going to start that's where i'm going to pick up from yeah but see yeah, right there like... where it says you interrupt me there should have been a space i think that's why he's confused it looks like all mine right right above where it says amber wow there's a Hey, before we dive back into this, could we do something else? You'd have to edit it in later. But uh, it would just be really quick. Um, Okay, absolutely, yeah. Okay, I just want to say that, you know, we're doing the show, and I got some texts from Tony. And so, of course, I want to respond to him immediately, always, but especially now because of what he's going through. And, um, but he said, (laughs) you know, audience, you probably remember that... um, we introduced Tony because Tony when we were all in high school was like a super hardcore punk rocker and there was an incident at a house party where he confronted me because he was wasted and uh, well and you had said fairies only fairies oh yeah because there's I think there's an Ozzy Osbourne song where there's a lyric where he goes only fairies wear boots or something like that yeah and uh, and then punk rockers always wore combat boots so we were all partying and inebriated and um and so i i when i saw him and all his punk rock friends i think i said to him and, and all his friends you did. only fairies wear boots dude and uh, so somehow that turned into like tony confronting me now tony doesn't remember that anymore because like i said he was hardcore <laughs> <laughs> um but he said he wants me to disavow the fact that he was a bully. And uh, so I'm going to because. Well, um, he wasn't a bully. He wasn't being a bully. I guess that we should have never thought that he was a bully. He just, you know, wasn't afraid to confront someone if they challenged him. So, yeah, I, I don't think that he was ever a bully. I, that that definitely was was not the thought that I ever had or that I meant to construe, at least when, when we were telling the story. It was just that he wasn't going to back down from a fight. So when you were saying fairies wear boots, them was fighting words. Good thing we had a poodle around. Yeah. Thank God <laughs> for the poodle. The poodle protected me. Um, no, he was never a bully. What's great about Tony is he is a truly noble soul. 
um, and and his heart is gold. But if he can wail on you, like, <laughs> you, know, like you know, like if you made him yeah, mad, yeah. If you're um, going into a fight, you want Tony on your team. Absolutely, absolutely. So he was never a bully, and it was just a dumb incident, which is kind of funny in retrospect. And we love Tony, and we send him all the best. And he's not a bully. <laughs> yep, he's not a bully. Okay. So all right, we could go back into this now. Okay. Yeah, no, and, and we'll put that in the front. Yeah. Oh. Uh, after, so you'll say who also became our wives, and then Michael interrupt. Now ex-wives, they guys giggle. And I forgot to put this, but the yes, and that is how Abba, Abba was born. That's your line. That line is yours. Is Mike's? Is I yours. Oh, 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 I see. Okay. So Mike's just interrupting the now ex-wives. Okay. And then it's back to you. Okay. All right. I forgot to put that in. Man. No problem. Terrible we, director. We won't fire the script writer. <laughs> Okay, so back to take 500. Um, all right, so here we go. So it was, it was like 1969-ish, I think. We met uh, the two other halves of, of ABBA. That's Agatha and Annie Fried. And, you know, they, they also became our wives. Uh, now ex-wives. <laughs> yeah and that is oh is that you yeah it, can, okay. it doesn't matter okay go ahead uh yes and 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 that is how abba was born <laughs> we took the first letter of each of our names wow what a story <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. It's by the way, it's yeah, not yeah, a real yeah. word. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, you're yeah. one more thing I'd like to tell you about that. Okay. Yeah. Can you Mike? hear that? No. Okay, never mind. Didn't work. I was playing the the um, Swedish chef from the Muppets. <laughs> oh, that was my first thing. Yeah, I didn't know what they were going to be like. It was all scripted, but I thought, oh, it'd be funny if all my responses are like the Swedish chef. <laughs> you remember the Swedish chef from the Muppets? He was all, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> okay. Anyway, back to the script. All right. Okay, so I'll start at wow. Wow, what a story. <laughs> yeah. 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 So your music has had such a lasting impact on popular culture, and Mamma Mia in particular has become a cultural phenomenon. What do you think it is about your music that continues to resonate with audiences today? Um, you know, I, I think there's uh, just a few things about the, our, our, our music, you know, that, that, that has allowed it to continue to resonate with the audience over the years. First, and foremost, we, we always aimed to create music that was accessible and enjoyable for a wide range of people, right? You don't want to be focused in on just one genre. And we, we wanted to write, you know, catchy melodies and memorable lyrics that 
people could sing and uh, along and and that we would say stay with them you know after they heard the song you know we wanted it to stick in their head like mind control yeah 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 (laughs) our music often deals with universal themes and emotion try that again mike that was okay our our music often deals with universal themes and emotions whether it's love heartbreak or just the joys and sorrows of everyday life we aim to create songs that people could relate to and that would speak to their own experiences i i think that the enduring popularity is a testament to the talent and creativity of everyone involved in making it too i mean i mean from the songwriting and production to the performances and arrangements it seems it seems like you guys always strive to create music the highest quality and it has definitely stood the test of time your music and this relatable storyline have inspired a sequel for the on-screen version and a successful Broadway musical. People yeah. just keep coming back for more and more. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> one of everyone's favorite songs, and one of my personal favorites, is Dancing Queen. I mean, this song was ABBA's only number one hit in the U.S. and topped the charts in many other countries. Yeah, we so set the scene. phenomenon. <laughs> so I you know, said the scene. That one was actually written by AI. We <laughs> had <laughs> an advanced prototype. Uh, no. uh, okay, let's back up. Yeah. Sorry, Amber. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> so go uh, back to so let's let's uh, set so the let's, scene. Yeah. So let's set the scene. We are still relatively at the beginning of the musical, and Donna, Sophie's mother, has just discovered that all three men she dated when she was younger are on the island. She's a complete mess, not knowing who Sophie's real father is, and doesn't want Sophie to find out that they're there, even though we know that Sophie is the one who invited them. That's dramatic irony, folks. Donna's friends, who are also on the island for the wedding, come to cheer her up a reminder of the old Donna, the young, carefree, and lively Donna. So let's have a listen to Dancing Queen. Can you talk about the inspiration behind the song and what you think it is about it that has made it such a beloved and iconic part of popular music? Yes, yes. You know, Dancing Queen was a song that we wrote for our female audiences. Um, You know, it's ultimately about the girl who's in her prime feeling young and carefree and, and uh, enjoying life to the fullest. You know, the song celebrates the joy of being on the dancing floor and losing oneself in the music. You know, our goal with the lyrics was to suggest um, that, that anyone can be a dancing queen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going through so many tissues right now. 
let me try that. I'll back up a little bit. So <laughs> dancing queen. <laughs> You're sweet only seventeen. Excuse me. <laughs> okay. Hold on, soda drink break. <laughs> Just stay hydrated. Yes. Can soda okay. hydrate you? Absolutely not. It's the worst thing in the world for you. <laughs> okay, so uh, I don't even know where I was. He uh, just restart. Um. Okay, so uh, Dancing Queen was a song that we wrote for our female audiences, and it's ultimately about the girl who is in her prime, you know, and feeling young and 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 carefree and enjoying life you know to the fullest and the song celebrates the joy of of being on the dancing floor and losing oneself in the music you know our our goal with the lyrics was you know to uh, so <laughs> <I lost my laughs> you sounded like Russian for a minute. <laughs> yeah, boy, the Russians have invaded. We are no longer Swedish. <laughs> sounded like you wanted a pizza from Jersey. <laughs> I lost my my list. Okay, <laughs> um, so so um, yeah, uh, so. Um, Ultimately, is the dancing queen is about the girls in their prime. <laughs> that is so hard to say with a straight face. <laughs> okay. Oh. Okay. So here we go. So 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 yes. So here we go. Okay, now everybody be be good. So, Dancing Queen was the song that you know we wrote for the female audience because I can't get my accent to work anymore. <laughs> what is it? Uh, you know what? I think Robin Williams would be very proud of you. Oh, wow. <laughs> let's see here. So, so yes, I think so. Okay, here we go. So now I'm all better now. So, Dancing Queen was uh, a song that that we wrote you know, for our female audience and, and it's, it's ultimately, you know, in their prime feeling young and carefree and, and just enjoying life to the fullest. And, you know, the song celebrates the joy of being on the dance floor and losing oneself in the music. And, you know, our goal with the lyrics was, um, to suggest that anyone can be a dancing queen, regardless of their age, you know, uh, social status and, you know, appearance. It's, it's, we drew inspiration from the disco era and we wanted to create something that, that would get people up and, you know, moving and, and, and stuff like that. We used a range of instruments, including piano, drums, guitar and bass to create a full and dynamic sound. The production techniques we used yeah. included overdubbing, which is layering of sound, and multi-tracking, which means recording separate audio tracks for later mixing into a single yeah. audio track. Yeah, that's a lot of work. With the layered effect that you hear in the final version of the song. Yeah. 
I mean, every time I hear the intro piano, I just know that Dancing Queen is on. It's my absolute favorite part. And I can't help but start singing to it every time. Yes, yes. You know, the funny part about that is that that was like an afterthought. You know, the piano intro was, was actually one of the last things we added to the song. You know, we we felt, you know, that it needed a strong, um, you know, memorable hook. We just wanted to bait and, and, and get grab people and not really you know, having that at the beginning would have, that song would have just, it just wouldn't have worked. So, you know, the piano um, seemed like the perfect instrument for that. And we experimented, you know, with that different melodies and chords and progressions and until we found something that felt just right. And, you know, we just wanted people to hear that opening piano riff and immediately recognize the song you know we just wanted to grab them and punt them in the mouth because it was dancing queen and i see you know it obviously worked yeah i i think that dancing queen has endured because it captures a feeling of joy and celebration that is universal it's honestly yeah. more than a song it's an anthem yes yes it should so yeah. So the music in Mamma Mia is often used to convey emotions from joy and celebration to heartbreak and loss. Where did the idea of this type of come from? There would honestly be no Mamma Mia without British producer Julie Kramer. She was the one who came up with the germ of the idea after meeting Benny and I when we were working on another play called Chess. She wanted to take a group of ABBA songs written over a decade and build a story around them and turn it into a play. Of course, most of the time, it proceeds the other way. First comes the story, then the songs written to fit it. This fell more into the category of a jukebox musical. Yeah, yeah, Kramer, see... She spent decades trying to convince Bjorn and I, you know, to trust her with our with the music and give her the rights to the songs. Um, but, you know, Mamma Mia, who would do that? Right. Um, you know, it just we did not trust her right away. Um, it was it was hard. But, you know, the song um, or the play, you know, debuted in on the London stage in 1999. Wow, amazing. And if you don't mind me asking, why were you guys so resistant to the idea at first? Well, you know, ABBA uh, was, was so incredible. We were just so great and, you know, wonderful. And the world loved us. Uh, we didn't need to show, um, you know, we didn't need that to like promote our product. And so, you know, we didn't want the show to damage all the work, you know, we had already done as a group. And uh, we also didn't didn't want um, to be it to be the story of Ava. Like we didn't want people to think that that was our lives and stuff or a tribute show. Um, and I think it was like, uh, I don't know, maybe 1997 uh, when we, you know, finally agreed uh, to give the song to to her, but but only with you know the stipulation that none of our songs uh, would be changed. Kramer also said to us that it was our song, "The Winner Takes All," 
that made her believe there was a story to be told. Yeah. She had the vision of it being sung by an actress near the end of the show. It would ultimately be the turning point because the lyrics mapped a roller coaster of emotions and a breakup. Yeah. A woman has been rejected, betrayed even, and the song has this tone that makes you curious and want to understand the person's point of view. In the film, who plays Donna is singing The Winner Takes It All to Pierce Bronson, who's playing Sam Carmichael, the lover who left Donna 20 years ago. This is more towards the end of the musical now, and they are walking for the chapel Sophie is supposed to be getting married in. In a New York Times article, Elizabeth Vintinelli, an critic, explains how this is a real pivotal moment as Donna's true emotions are revealed. I mean, you can feel the pain and heartache she is feeling while she belts out this beautiful song you guys I mean, I honestly think Meryl Streep played the role perfectly on screen. Oh, yes. When I wrote the lyrics to The Winner Takes All, people assumed I was writing it in regard to my divorce with our other band member, Agnetha. <laughs> Agnetha? Uh, Agatha? Is it, what's her name, Agatha? It's supposed to be Agonitha, but you said in the beginning um, Agatha, so I guess we're going to call her Agatha now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll just start again. Yes, when I wrote the lyrics to The Winner Takes All, people assumed I was writing it in regards to my divorce with our other band member, Agatha. Wait, let's try that again because it sounds like you're reading it. So yeah. just, just try and say it off of memory. Okay. Yes, yes. When I wrote The Winner Takes Fall, people assumed I was writing it in regards to my own divorce. But it was actually... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, pardon my French. Yes, when I wrote the lyrics to The Winner Takes All, people assumed I was writing it in regards to my divorce with our other band member, Agatha. Maybe I was without even realizing it, but I openly just wanted to capture the pain of love and breakups. Perhaps I even, I, I think for most people that is something so relatable. Yes, we can all relate to that heartbreak. <laughs> I think we should have a listen to Meryl Streep's powerful performance. And we're gonna listen to the towards the end of the song, which is, so the winner takes it all features a more subdued and emotional tone, as we just heard. Can you talk about how the musical elements of the song were chosen to create that tone, including instrumentation and harmonies? Yes, yes. So, you know, as Bjorn said earlier, you know, the winner takes it all is a deeply emotional song. And, you know, anybody that's gone through tragedy and, and heartbreak and, you know, divorce, and and losing uh, a loved one, you know, uh, it's it's hard, right? And we wanted the the you know music to uh, reflect the rawness of those emotions. So we chose a, a, a more subdued tone for the instrumentation and harmonies. The song is built around a simple but powerful piano melody, uh, which sets the emotional tone. And then from the very beginning. 
we also incorporated strings to add the melody and feel of the song and that sort of thing. The song features several layers of vocal harmonies with a mix of major and minor chords that create a sense of tension and release. The harmonies build and swell throughout the song, reflecting the ups and downs of the emotional journey the singer is going through. And there was a lot of those, yeah. We wanted a song that would resonate with listeners on a deep level. Yes. Yeah, 100%. I think you guys accomplished this. It's instrumentation really creates intimacy and vulnerability that matches the emotional tone of the lyrics. And I feel the song's message of resilience and hope in the face of heartache has been what's provided so much comfort to millions of listeners over the years. And that's what I love so much about this musical is that you have two totally different songs, one more young and lively and the other more somber and painful. Yet together, they tell this beautiful story of growth and finding your identity, which is real life, something full of ups and downs, a constant learning game as time goes on. So finally, what advice do you have for young musicians and songwriters who are just out and hoping to create music that is as enduring and beloved as yours has been? You know, um, you know, yes. You know, the best thing I could say uh, say is to stay, you know, true to your own voice and, and, and not try to, you know, conform uh, to what you think people want to hear. So, you know, um, be present and, and don't give up. Be, you know, just, just pursue, push. Even, you know, when faced with rejection or criticism, you know, find the right tune or lyrics like, you know, takes time. Collaborating can be key and it's important, you know, to find the right partner and and to work uh, with who, who, who you can. And, you know, even if they divorce you and take all your money and break your heart. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> money 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 must be funny in the world. yeah all right let's uh, uh <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay um so um yeah let's see so uh, let's try to start right here. So, you know, collaboration, you know, it can be key and it's important, you know, to find the, the right partner, which I did with Bjorn and, you know, to work uh, with who you can, can bring out the best in you, you know, and force you to be gooder. Um, keeping, you know, in, in, an open mind and explore new sounds. Just, you know, be real and honest, raw, you know, with your oh, lyrics. Well, Cut, 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 buddy. What? Um, gooder is not a word. But, um... <laughs> yes, it is. I'll use it in a sentence. That is more gooder. <laughs> sorry, man. But, but I'm Swedish, so I don't know my English. Yeah, that's a word in Sweden. Yeah, I know a word in Sweden. Okay, let me try this again. 
Okay. Um, so, um, so, um, collaboration, you know, <laughs> you gotta, can't be laughing in the background of your interview. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Here we go. So, you know, collaboration, you know, can be key and, and it's important, you know, to find the right partners to work with and, and with who can bring out the best in your music and, and keep an open mind, you know, explore new sounds, just be real and honest and raw with your lyrics and, and passionate, but, you know, put what you are feeling, that's how you'll be able to make your music so reliable and, oh, relatable, and, relatable. Uh, well, fuck, <laughs> <me>. <laughs> just so you make gooder music. <laughs> okay, all right. Take so, five million. So, you know, <laughs> here we go. Okay. Excuse me. All right. So. Put what you're feeling, that's that's how you will be able, to, you know, to make your music so relatable uh, to others, you know, because they're going through the same things as, you know, you are, or at least similar, and they can relate and they can feel and they can grab that raw passion and emotion. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for the pod. Oh, oh, wait. I have one more burning question. I'm oh. no. So as we said, there is a sequel to Mamma Mia, which came out in 2018. And it's basically about Sophie pregnant, but she doesn't actually have the baby. So I'm wondering, will Mamma Mia 3 maybe happen and possibly Sophie has a similar story with her daughter? Pretty please. All we can, All say. can say is dot dot dot. <laughs> wait, um, wait, wait! I think I you gotta do that again. Okay. What, is he supposed to say the dot dot we're, dots? We're it's, supposed no. to say. It. <laughs> oh, so all we say is all we can say, and then we stop. Yeah, yeah, because because then um the song I have a dream is gonna play. Oh. I have a dream, a song to sing. Okay, so. Yeah. So, uh, Amber, you say uh, one, two, three, go, and then we'll say it together. Okay. Okay. One. Wait, are you guys going to go on three or like We're going to go when you say go. You're yeah. going to say oh. one, two, three, oh. go. Go. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Got it. Okay, here we go. Not that go, though. Okay, here we go. Uh, no, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, we know the one, two, three has to come first. We're all good. Okay, all right. I got it, got it. Let's make one, <laughs> one, two, three, go. All, All we, we can, can say, say is. All right, that was good. Let's try one. Okay. One, two, three, go. All we can, All we say, can say is. Ah, uh, buddy, late. <laughs> well, I forgot my accent. I had That's what I heard about this director producer, man. She's just like a I know, man. Hardcore. Hardcore. Right. Try it again. I just right. I forgot my accent, so I had to go switch it on. So I was a second <laughs> <behind>. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. Action. Here we go. 
One, two, three, go! All, All I can, can say, say is... That was pretty good. Let's try it again. Oh, my Lord. Okay. All right, this will be the best one. I know it. One, two, three, go. All, All we can, can say, say is... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's try it again. You guys got it. All right, just feel each other's vibrations. Here we go. All right. One, two, three, go. All we can say is. Mm. I think that one was good because I couldn't hear him, so we had to be going at the same time. I thought that was sort of good too. Yeah. 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 We can do it again. Yeah, let's just. Okay. All right. One, two, three, go. All we, All can, we can say, say is... is. That's good. I like that one. That's good. That one was good, I think. Yeah. All right. And um, before you leave us, we have a question for you. Yes, we do. Is your interest in Mamma Mia really because you want three husbands? <laughs> now I'm scandalous, but not that scandalous. Welcome back to the pod, everyone. I'm your host, Amber, and today we are going to be getting down to the nitty-gritty on one of my absolute favorite musicals, Mamma Mia. So Mamma Mia is a jukebox musical that was first performed in 1999 and later turned into a film that premiered in 2008. The musical is based off of the music of a Swedish Euro pop band called ABBA. The story follows Sophie, a young woman who is about to get married and wants to find out who her father is. After discovering her mother Donna's old diary, she invites three potential fathers to her wedding on a Greek island without telling her mother. For those who haven't seen this, I'm sure this sounds like a recipe for disaster. But actually, the message is a celebration of love, family, and friendship with a strong emphasis on female empowerment. The themes of acceptance and forgiveness are explored throughout culminating in a heartwarming finale with each of the three guys becoming one-third of Sophie's dad. I thought today it'd be great to talk to two of Abba's very own band members and the songwriting geniuses, Bjorn Alves and Benny Anderson, about the beloved musical Mamma Mia and how this musical uses their catchy and diverse music featuring intricate vocal layering in a variety of genres to create a joyous and emotionally resonant soundtrack that drives the story's energetic tone and conveys the wide range of emotions experienced by its characters. So without further ado, let's give a warm welcome to Mr. Anderson and Mr. Ulbees. Thank you. Thank you. We're, we're excited to be here. I'd like to talk to you guys today about your band, ABBA, and how your music was intertwined into creating such an impactful and vivid story on stage and screen. Well... You know, we first met in, in, I think, like June 1966 and quickly discovered, you know, we had a shared love for music. So Bjorn was a member of the Hootenanny Singers. 
a popular folk music group and and I was playing keyboard for the Hep Stars and and you know we just began collaborating on songs and and our inspirations came from a wide range of musical genres, you know, incorporating elements of pop and rock and disco. As time went on, we began to incorporate more complex musical arrangements to create an iconic sound. We worked closely with our manager, Stig Anderson, who contributed lyrics to many of ABBA's biggest hits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, I think that was like, it was like 1969-ish, I think we met uh, the two other halves of, of ABBA, that's Agatha and Annie Fried, and, you know, they, they also became our wives. Uh, now, ex-wives. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and, and that is how ABBA was born. <laughs> We took the first letter of each of our names. I think one of everyone's favorite songs, and one of my personal favorites, is Dancing Queen. This song was ABBA's only number one hit in the U.S. and topped the charts in many other countries. With this song, we are still relatively at the beginning of the musical, and Donna, Sophie's mother, has just discovered that all three men she dated when she was younger are on the island. She's a complete mess and doesn't want Sophie to find out that they are there. Donna's friends, who are also on the island for the wedding, come to cheer her up. A reminder of the young, carefree, and lively Donna. Let's listen. So Dancing Clean was uh, a song that that we wrote, you know, for our female audience. And and it's it's ultimately feeling young and carefree and and just enjoying life to the fullest. And we used a range of instruments, including piano, drums, guitar and bass to create a full and dynamic sound. The production techniques we used included overdubbing which is layering of sound and multi-tracking, which means recording separate audio track for later mixing into a single audio track. Yeah, that's a lot of work. It's the layered effect that you hear in the final version of the song. Every time I hear the intro piano, I just know that Dancing Queen is on, and I can't help but start singing along. Funny part about that is that that was like an afterthought. You know, the piano intro was, was actually one of the last things we added to the song. I think that Dancing Queen has endured because it captures a feeling of joy and celebration that is universal. It's more than a song. It's an anthem. Where did the idea for this type of performance come from? There would honestly be no Mamma Mia without British producer 
Julie Kramer. She wanted to take a group of ABBA songs written over a decade and build a story around them and turn it into a play. Yeah, Kramer, she, she spent decades trying to convince Bjorn and I give her the rights to the songs. Um, but, you know, Mamma Mia, who would do that? If you don't mind me asking, why were you guys so resistant to the idea? Uh, we didn't need to show. Um, you know, we didn't need that to, like, promote our product. And I think it was, like, uh, I don't know, maybe 1997, you know, finally agreed to give the songs to to her. But only with, you know, the stipulation that none of our songs uh, would be changed. Kramer also said to us that it was our song, The Winner Takes All, that made her believe there was a story to be told. Yeah. She had the vision of it being sung by an actress near the end of the show. It would ultimately be the turning point because the lyrics mapped a roller coaster of emotion. Thong has this tone that makes you curious and want to understand the person's point of view. Towards the end of the musical, the character Donna is singing The Winner Takes It All to Sam Carmichael, the lover who left her 20 years ago. In a New York Times article, Elizabeth Vincentelli, an arts and theater critic, explains how this is a real pivotal moment as Donna's true emotions are revealed. Yes, when I wrote the lyrics to The Winner Takes All, people assumed I was writing it in regards to my divorce, but I openly just wanted to capture the pain of love and breakup. the musical elements of the song were chosen the song is built around a simple but powerful piano melody uh which sets the emotional tone and then from the very beginning we also incorporated strings to add the melody and the song features several layers of vocal harmonies with a mix of major and minor chords that create a sense of tension yeah. and release the harmonies build and swell throughout the song, reflecting the ups and downs, the emotional journey the singer is going through. And this is what I love so much about this musical, is that you have two totally different songs, one more young and lively, and the other more somber and painful. Yet together they tell this beautiful story of growth and finding your identity, which is real life. You guys have been awesome. Thank you so much for your time here on The Pod. Two Men with the Mic is produced at Close on a Hanger Studios. You can reach them at the number two menwithamike.com.
Who's a hanger? 